morning, everybody. A quick textual note today uh, that we just can't pass over. Um, two of the best names in the Bible today, Eldad and Medad, right? If anyone is pregnant with twins, I'm just telling you that discussion has to be over. Uh, Eldad and Medad, I, I also thought I was thinking this morning, those would be great names if you had two dogs, but don't name dogs after holy people. One of our uh, employees of the parish named their dog after a saint, and that's terrible theology, and if we ever walk through the book of Daniel, I'll tell you why. Our first point today, the first thing that the scriptures have for us, there's two kind of big things actually we're going to hit, and they seem somewhat opposed. They're two extremes almost. Um, and the first one I want to talk about today is our first reading and our gospel are both telling us that you and I are people who look for goodness and we rejoice wherever we find it. Now, there's this natural thing as human beings. There's a very easy thing that we all do, which is we tend to kind of have us versus them mentalities. And sometimes we have to have that. But our first instinct, our first instinct should be to look for the good. There's lots of instances for this in my own life. Uh, and especially when it's around my identity, I like to grasp, I like to cling to it. It's mine, don't touch it, hands off. So for instance, there's a, a newly ordained priest in the diocese named Father Nick Larkin. He is an assistant at Our Lady of Loretto Parish. I get his mail sometimes. And when he entered seminary, he was ordained, I think, just this past May. But when he entered, you know, about eight years ago, I told him at the time, I said, I was like, Nick, you seem like a nice guy. I just want you to know there's one Larkin in this diocese, and you're not him. <laughs> I've been so mean to that poor guy. He's a good priest. But we tend to do that. We tend to think, this is me. This is what belongs to me. This is my life. This is my identity. And when we see good in others, we can react against it. And we have to be careful not to do that. When I went to seminary, I in college, I fell in love with Scripture, and I became this guy that people would come to and they'd say, Brian, <coughs> where is this in the Bible? Or does the Bible have anything? Can you help me? I had to give a talk on this. What does the Bible have to say about that? And I let that get to my ego too much. And what happened was I went to seminary, and there were 10 other, like, scripture guys. And so we did the natural thing that anyone would do. We had a passive-aggressive war that we never named explicitly. It was awesome, and I won, and that's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> but what the Bible wants to tell us today is that that's not a Christian attitude. In our first reading today from Numbers chapter 11, Joshua, the prophet Joshua, is jealous over the gift of prophecy. And Eldad and Medad receive the gift of prophecy, and they're not in the chosen group. They're back in the camp. And so Joshua says, Moses, make them stop. And Moses says, are you jealous on my account? Would that the Lord had every one of his people be given the gift of prophecy. And in our gospel today, 
the apostles, the apostle John, is he someone else performing exorcisms? He says he's not one of the 12. Lord, we have to stop him. And Jesus says, no, we have to recognize good when we see it. I cannot tell you how important this is. A Catholic mind is a mind that sees the good in others. When we find goodness in the world, brothers and sisters, all goodness and all truth and all beauty comes from Christ. And when we find that in places we don't always expect, our reaction shouldn't be like, oh, wow, well, you're not in the right group. Our reaction should be to rejoice. St. Justin Martyr in the second century famously talks about this. And he calls this the seeds of the word. He says, God, when he created the world and he created all the different nations and languages and cultures, he was like a sower and he took seeds of goodness and truth and he spread them across the world. And those seeds are supposed to find their home, they're supposed to grow up, and people are supposed to come to Jesus. But we have to recognize that. There's a certain type of Catholic out there that says, if it's not Catholic, there can't be goodness out there, and that's not true. It's really attractive when you and I look at others and we see their goodness. By the way, non, non-Catholics out there, whether they're Christians or not, a lot of them think that we just think we're better than everyone else and that we're the only ones who have any goodness. It comes up every year in RCIA. Every year, it hasn't happened yet this year, I'm sure it will. Every year in RCIA, people say, so do you believe that all non-Catholics are just evil and they're going to hell? And I'm like, no, of course not. Of course we don't think that. There is goodness all around us. It's meant to find its way to Christ. One more example of this. St. Thomas Aquinas, who is unbelievably brilliant, after Jesus may be the greatest mind in the history of the world. Aquinas is so brilliant that you would find his writings unbelievably boring. He's just that good. But he, he is so smart. And Aquinas says, or he, um, when he does his work, he has a number of different sources. He quotes the Bible all the time. He quotes scripture more than anything else. He quotes St. Augustine quite a bit. But he also quotes uh, um, Aristotle, who is a pagan, and he quotes Avicenna and Averroes, who were Muslims. Because Aquinas knew that wherever we find truth, we're called to recognize that and embrace it. Isn't that awesome? I love that. And the world needs that. They need Christians, they need Catholics who we believe we have the fullness of truth. But we know that God created them good. And we, we name that in them, we recognize that in them. That is such a way to win people over. We have to have that attitude. That's the first point in our readings today. The second point in our reading is a little bit, it's one of those ones we like to filter out. Right, Jesus gave a strong, strong word today about being extreme. I told the mass 
congregation last night at 4.30. You know, it's so good for us to memorize scripture, and I always want to throw people off, so I'm thinking right now if people ask me my favorite scripture verse, I'm going to say, oh, you know, Mark 9.47. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter heaven with one eye than with two eyes to enter Gehenna. They'll be like, I think my mom's calling. (laughs) I got to go. Anyway, this is a strong verse. Jesus has strong words for us. It seems extreme. It seems like an extreme thing to us, but Christ could speak so strongly. Brothers and sisters, today's gospel is calling us to hold two virtues and to hold them both fiercely. There's that first one to see the good wherever we find it, to love the good, and to know that we don't have to be afraid when we find it in other cultures or other religions. We call them to to the Catholic fullness of the faith. But the other principle today is that you and I are called to be radical about evil in the world. We're called to be radically against evil. We're called to be extreme. Too oftentimes as Catholics and just as human beings, we compromise with evil. Here is a real scripture verse. Well, not the other one's not. But here's a scripture verse you should memorize. I love this one. I looked it up this week. It's a beautiful line. Psalm 97.10. The Lord loves those who hate Psalm 97.10, the Lord loves those who hate evil. Do you hate evil? I hope you do. I think so in my own life, it's so easy to compromise with evil. To kind of measure myself against other humans and I'll say, well, I'm a little bit better than that guy or that girl. I guess, you know, this isn't that bad. The Lord loves those who hate evil. We are not called to compromise. We are not called to understand evil. You and I are called to abhor evil. Jesus, one way to say that he, one of the reasons he died on the cross is because he hates evil. He gave his life to destroy it. We have to be radical about this. Brothers and sisters, sometimes what we have to do is we have to make radical decisions. Today, Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, I hope this goes without saying, if any of you come here next week without an eyeball or a hand or a foot, That is not my fault or Jesus's. This is not meant to be taken literally. But you are called to be radical. Now, I want to tell you something. Going back to that sharing the truth. One of the things I learned, everything I ever teach you, by the way, is stolen. Right? The good is not meant to belong to one person. And everything I have that is true is something I learned from someone else. One of the things I learned when I was a missionary (coughs) was we used to talk, there was this great little image we used. And we talked about, are you a thermostat 
or a thermometer? Are you a thermostat or a thermometer? And what we meant by that in focus is that if you go into a room and you're a thermometer, you simply adapt yourself to what the temperature in the room is. The world wants to do that to you. The world wants to make Catholics less radical. They want you to be, you know what, you can be religious, but be reasonable about that. Let me ask you this. Does your spouse want you to love them like that? When you fell in love with, with your spouse, right, did you say to them, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad you love me, but let's, let's be reasonable. I don't want you to pursue me that much. No, when you love someone, there are certain things you are called to go off the deep end about. We are called to love not in a medium way, not in a kind of mediocre way. We are called to love radically, romantically, with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all of our strength. The world doesn't want that. The world wants you to be a thermometer. They want you to be like them. And too many Catholics are. If you just do the stats, we all know this, don't we? Catholics vote for pro-abortion politicians to the same degree that everyone else in our culture does. Catholics believe in divorce and remarriage to the same degree that everyone else in our culture does, even though Jesus Christ himself forbids it. Catholics in our culture believe in contraception to the same degree that everyone else in our culture does, even though the church in no unclear terms, condemns it. If Jesus is God, if he really is God, you can't be mediocre about that. Too many Catholics today, right, we are thermometers. We're just like everybody else. What we're called to be is thermostat. Right? When a thermostat changes the room and the temperature or the temperature in the room. Right? It doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it. But when you go into a, a someone outside of Lords, when you go into an environment that's not a Christian environment, do you just become like everybody else? Or are you someone who helps change things? Who helps people to see the truth and the beauty of Christ? So brothers and sisters, radical today, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If you can't be a thermostat, and you say, you know, Father Brian, I really want to help people find the gospel, but I'm just not strong enough, you have to cut it off. Now you, have to, you have to end some relationships. If you find yourself being a thermometer and you're being pulled into worldly attitudes that embrace sin, not my words, the words of Jesus Christ. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go to hell. The Lord loves those who hate evil. We have to be radical. I want to challenge you today. 
is there something in your life that's causing you to sin? I was praying this week with our gospel, and I kept thinking about, Lord, I want to be more radical. I want to love you in a way that is just full of life and love and everything. And if there's something that leads me away from you, Jesus, I want to cut it off. Is your television, is it leading you away from God? Do you have relationships in your life where people instill in you attitudes that are contrary to the gospel? Brothers and sisters, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. You have to love them enough to say, I can't be a part of this. It's not easy, but you'll get over it. You're all really cool. You'll find new friends. Here's the biggest one, I think. I hear so frequently, I hear people say, Father Brian, I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to learn my faith. If you do not have time to pray, your life is too busy. If you don't have time to pray, if you can't pray for half an hour a day or three days a week even, if you can't do that, your life is too busy and you need to cut some things out. We have to be radical about that. So there's these extremes. Brothers and sisters, so powerful today. You and I, we see the good. We love the good. When we find it in other people, we love everything that is good in them, and we invite them to the fullness of goodness in Jesus. And we're extreme about things. right? If you're here today, maybe you're like, wow, Father Brian, I don't know if I can live up to that. If maybe you're like, I don't know if God can love me. There's an extreme of mercy in the Catholic Church. And we're extreme about that, that God forgives everything. If you are repentant, if you want to try to love God, everything can be forgiven. We're also extreme about sin. There's too many Catholics today that are just like everybody else. Brothers and sisters, don't be a thermometer, be a thermostat. See the good in others, share it. Help change the culture. Culture, Jesus, Lord, help us love you above everything. Help us to see the good in others. Help us to direct them to you. And Jesus, Lord, help us to hate evil. Let us now stand and profess our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things.